This week on the Throncast, Luke defeats an entire group of stormtroopers without using the Force. The slowest van attack doesn't go well for the New Republic or the Empire. And Borsk Falia proves once again why he's the worst. Keep your eye out for exploding freighters and mole miners. It's time for the Throncast. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the commander. Previous attacks were clumsy, but this one was swift, precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hello, and welcome to the Throncast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today we're discussing chapters 29 through 32 of Heir to the Empire. Joining me on this legendary journey are my co-host, Matthew. Hello. Amanda. Get out the vote. And Tyler. Hi. And uh, Brian has been stolen by a mole miner this week. Um, hopefully he will be back with us next week and not taken away to Thrawn's empire. Spoiler. 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 <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe that at the end of this book, everyone dies. Right? <laughs> it was a really... It was a really bold choice. <laughs> Freighters explode. Everyone dies. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, last week we um, were off due to illness. Also, um, stupid time changes. The time is, is, is uh, you know, Reality's strategizing against us. But now we're all back. In the same reality was shredded and put back together. Again. Yes. Now, now we're back in the same time. Screw you, daylight savings time. And uh, we are back to discuss the end of Heir to the Empire. And uh, yeah, wow, we're uh, at the end of this book already. <laughs> yeah, that didn't take very long at all. No. <laughs> oh, so uh, when we last left our heroes, they were uh, in Hilliard City about to um, get their asses kicked. <laughs> um, chapter 9 starts out with our good buddy Lando in... Uh, Aves, one of Card's smugglers, who uh, is really awesome and doesn't get enough attention later on in the EU. But uh, they are discussing their tactics about how to save, you know, Luke and Mara, inevitably. Uh, but they do not agree about delaying the attack. Um, Luke, Luke has basically sent them a... <laughs> coded message via r2 as you do and um three po's like hey um uh no we, we need to stop and they're like uh shut up three po it's like no seriously you're going oh my this is oh my this is really important oh my i mean to be fair three po is probably like that 24 7 yeah true, true. Claudia really Grace so... said the trick to writing him was the exclamation point like he's always mm -hmm. a little upset 
Yeah, like three yeah. PO, like with genuinely important information to communicate is is likely no different from just three PO, you know, on a day. Yeah. But uh, finally, he gets their attention and is like, Master Luke says, we need to wait. And Lando and Aves do not agree. Lando finally gets Aves to agree with him by pointing his blaster at his neck, <laughs> which, uh, damn, Lando, that's hardcore. But uh, it works. And uh, they decide to wait. Um, they've set some booby traps that go off. Um, this is a really, really good action sequence. Um, it's very visual. You can kind of see exactly where they are in the city. And of course, he describes it like Moss Eisley because it has to be compared to the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and didn't you say like that saves him from having to like actually like yes. describe a place? It's it like, is. oh, it's like Moss Eisley. Just picture that. If I ever write. <laughs> In a shared universe, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The book that I have out next year is in a shared universe, and I do indeed steal locations from other people's books all the time. Yep. That's <laughs> how you do it. I mean, it's one thing to steal locations. It's another thing to, like, use it as a descriptive ref. I don't know. It, yeah. it felt a little lazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was concise. It was Sure, yeah. yeah. It was efficient. It was efficient. <laughs> We we discussed this. He's efficient. Timothy Zahn, efficient writer. <laughs> That's on his business card. It is <laughs> efficient writer. So um, they are Luke has Luke wants to attack at the archway. There's this big archway in the center of town. He wants to attack there. Um, Mara's like, but if we go there, if we wait until there, we're sitting ducks. And he's like. Yeah, uh, that's you know that's what I wanted want to happen. Um, Han and Luke. Well, he wants he wants the chariot to land. Yes, the, yeah. There's this chariot. He wants it to land. He wants to get all the stormtroopers under the arch. Um, I really like this exchange. How are you at causing distractions? Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Han. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, really? And then. Also, really? also this exchange. Whatever you're going to do, do it. Mara hissed viciously. She didn't just hiss; she hissed visit viciously. If the chariot, hey. if the chariot gets down, you'll never get out them out from cover. I know. Luke nodded. I'm counting on it. I love when Luke gets all like tactical. Cocky. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. he's. Can we also take a step back for a moment and just appreciate the like brutality of like rigging the weapons to explode and just straight up blowing up the stormtroopers? Yeah, because that was yeah. badass. Yes. Yeah, Luke has lost some of his chill at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's had a <laughs> rough. Fair, few he's, days. Been, he's kind of like been out in the woods for yeah. days. He has, for, and his face a long is stinging. So yeah, and this is you know, yeah, five years of endless warfare, and yeah, no, he's just over it. Yep. He's like Heather at the end of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> Except Only maybe less, maybe snot. less snotty. Yeah. Uh, so we get our big uh, all is lost moment of the chapter in which Lando was shot. And did anyone think he was going to die? No. <laughs> no. But... no, it is not even it doesn't even read like it's mortal peril no. at all. It's no. like, oh, that's convenient. Yeah. Lando is now out of the picture we don't have to write him in the next chapter if we yeah. don't want to <laughs> so but but you have to because he's important to it yeah <laughs> uh, so han creates a distraction which he's very good at doing 
He is very good uh, at that. He's very distracting, that yeah. Han Solo. <laughs> he just smiles. This is also pretty great, too. Doesn't he need to, like, whip the thing around and, like, catch yes. a stormtrooper by the neck? Yeah. Uh, Luke. It's not the most graceful thing he's ever done, but it works. No. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Luke gets his lightsaber. Um, and earlier in the chapter, earlier in a previous chapter, he hides it in R2. And Mara's like, oh, that's how you did it. And because, you know, you have to call back to Jabba's palace at all times. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets his lightsaber he slices through the archway, and he he does this by locking the lightsaber on and throwing it. Now, keep in mind, he does not have the force. He is not guiding it with the force. He just throws it that good. Uh, this, this is where Zahn loses me a little bit. Hey! Because, no. Like, okay, he does that. <laughs> Like, I can almost believe that. Like, he's he's been using, like, you know, the lightsaber for years. Like, there's a certain amount of yeah, muscle memory involved. You know, he can he can aim the lightsaber, I believe that. It's when R2 shoots the lightsaber at him and it drops perfectly into his hand. Then I'm like, really? R2 hey, is never a robot! Never underestimate a droid. Yeah! <laughs> never underestimate a droid. He's got R2 good can do all things. And it's not, he's not that far either. Like, it, I, I know, it's just it's like, like two if... feet. <laughs> this is a droid that later on in Legends reprograms a prison's mainframe computer to think a lightsaber and a blaster are food items <laughs> so he can smuggle them in. I mean, R2's a bit of a Mary Sue, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> the original Mary Sue, R2D2. I mean,. <laughs> Even in The Force Awakens, he's, like, pretty convenient. He's married to Disu. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, it's it's an awesome moment, and I is. really like how it the strategy awesome of it all, moment. waiting for the chariot to land and then dropping the archway on the chariot and the stormtroopers, it's good stuff. It is. And then the chapter ends with a beautiful line. Luke, standing at the edge, barely got out from the from under it in time the stormtroopers crouched in the center didn't it's it was just, a strange eye for beauty it's, hey <laughs> no it's, it's so it efficient very well crafted line crushed crushed and mangled bodies it beautiful. is beautiful bodies listen i don't get a chance to ogle luke enough <laughs> That's and that's how this podcast the main purpose of this podcast is to ogle Luke. And oh, I this... thought you were ogling the crushed bodies of the stormtroopers. No. no, that's stolen me. from families they'll never know. <laughs> and this is the moment where he gets to demonstrate, like, so earlier in the in the book, we have him fighting on Bimisari, and that's where we, you know, he gets to be super awesome Jedi guy. This is where he reminds everyone that he doesn't need the force to be a badass. Yay. <laughs> and Card agrees with me because the next chapter starts with him observing the scene and he's like, one man and without the force, too. <laughs> I like Abe's response, though. It's like, we helped a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Card gets a little man crush on Luke at this point. <laughs> Um, so Card knows that bad stuff. I kind of ship that now. <laughs> Card and Luke? That's a I don't think that would okay, work. It's 3 a.m. here, guys. <laughs> well, uh, so, um, he tells Aves to start the evacuation, uh, because he knows bad stuff's about to go down. Uh, also... Not an idiot. Yeah. Also, uh, keep Mara busy. 
Yeah. Um, Card says goodbye to Han and Luke. Um, he asks. I don't know how Card expects Aze to keep Mar busy know, if Mar right? doesn't want to be kept busy. Right. I think um, she kind of. I think untying her shoes over and over again. <laughs> I think at this point, though, she's probably willing to be kept away from from at least Luke because she's probably. so sick of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if she didn't want to kill him, she'd probably be ready for a break yeah, from Luke by yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um. I will distract Luke while Aves distracts Mara. <laughs> so such a giver. someone's thirsty tonight. <laughs> I'm always thirsty for Luke. <laughs> so uh card says that's, goodbye. That's the podcast title. Always thirsty for Luke. <laughs> uh so card says goodbye to Han and Luke. He asks randomly about spare star cruisers, and it's like, uh you just like almost killed Luke and turned him over to Thrawn. <laughs> also, the whole reason that Han and Lando were there is because they don't have enough ships. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, maybe giving Thrawn some ships will appease him. And this is called foreshadowing for several different items. Tyler, take a note of that. Check foreshadowing. What? <laughs> just smile and nod smile and nod uh but then he realizes it won't appease thrawn because thrawn will be out for blood because you do not betray grand admiral thrawn and live to tell the tale it's interesting that like both you and thrawn use that word betrayal and it's not like card had ever like sworn allegiance to the empire it, it was interesting, I think it's in the next chapter when, or maybe it's the same chapter, I don't know, where, where Thrawn, you know, refers to Kar's betrayal. Yeah. And I was like, he's not, like, part of the Empire. He didn't swear an oath to you. There's no betrayal here. Like, you kind of, like, came in and bullied him around, and, like, he went along with it for a little while, but, like... I guess he, he thinks... stopped, and that was a betrayal. Like... I guess he thinks more of it as as the lie is that it's... A be- that, that's the betrayal, is the lie. Well, the lie. He's probably arrogant enough, too, to consider, like, that everything is part yeah. of the Empire, and so you are either loyal to the Empire or you're not, you know, you're regardless of whether or not... You're with me or you're my enemy. <laughs> yeah, regardless of whether or not the Empire is, like, actually, like, you know, occupying right. your system. I just thought it was an interesting an interesting uh, bit of insight into Thrawn's character that he would use that word. Yeah. Um, I... I really there's there's a little bit in the beginning of the scene that I think is really interesting. Um, it's when you know Han, they're noting that um, that Luke didn't have the Force, and you know they say, well, that's what Mara said, or that's what Mara said. Luke said, you know, unless he was lying, and Card's like, no, he wasn't lying, um, and it's interesting because you can kind of see that card here knows about Mara. Uh, whereas the other people working with them haven't picked it up, but card through his powers of observation realizes that Mara is force sensitive as well. Um, and yet he hasn't brought that up to her, of course, because he likes to keep that in his little back pocket for later. So I don't know. It might just be that he like, knows about the mechanics of the salamari yeah but i i well i think it's it's i mean it's probably two, a little of yeah column a little column it's B. twofold i think also that he knows that luke wouldn't lie about it 
Right. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm trying to I can't remember if like in the next book, like card, like, you know, makes reference to the fact that he knows about her force sensitivity or not. Um, yeah. But it stands to reason that somebody as smart and as observant yeah. as he, well, and you know, the, especially considering how they found Luke. Yeah, that's exactly. I think that's I, it, if he didn't figure it out beforehand, I think then he started the alarm bell started to go off and was like, yeah, mm, <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't know anything about our past, too, so. Yep. Um, ah, oh, Skype. Boo. Stupid Skype. Laugh. <laughs> Dang. Well, can yeah. you hear us now? Yes. Yeah. Hey, okay, Tyler. Good. Welcome back. Hi. So, yeah, I missed, like, the last minute. Um, it was really good. It, it was, was the best awesome. minute ever. <laughs> Discussing. I can't believe. You 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 discuss the meaning of life and what exists in the center of our universe. We spoiled the rest of the books. <laughs> Actually, we just talked about whether or not Card uh, figures out that Mara is force sensitive yet, and which I th- I think we I think yes. So I think he strongly suspects. I think he's yeah. he I think he was looking in that moment, and he will continue to look for their next series of interactions. No spoilers for the next book. Um, yes, for contrast. <laughs> Like he's, I think he's still watching. I think he strongly suspects, mm-hmm. and it's only going to take one slip, yeah, by her in his presence for him to go, yup, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He probably hasn't had a ton of opportunity to observe that in her since they've been based on Merker, um, which is full of Isalamari. Yeah, <laughs> but of the the it, even an unconscious like a tell like you'd have at a poker table aversion to the Isalamari, yeah, would be enough to get his suspicion yeah. oh no i agree i'm uh, just saying that like now that they're leaving Merker, he's gonna have that many more opportunities to yeah, you know, yeah. confirm his suspicions to see if she'll show like, herself like the beginning yeah. of the next book right <laughs> say anything about this. Spoilers. spoilers i'm just saying something might happen <laughs> there might be plot points in the next book y'all Maybe. what plot involving, involving in the, the next force so Lucan, oh, and th- this is a very good line. This is a really good card line. Um, and for the perhaps for perhaps the first time in his life, Card felt the unpleasant stirrings of genuine fear. I like the idea that Card has never been afraid <laughs> in he his hasn't, life, man. ever until now. Like not as a small child, not as a young adult, <laughs> not that you know. But he has as a small child, but he dismisses that as childish fears. Yes. Right, this is genuine Gen- fear. Like this is legit. <laughs> I don't know if I've if I've mentioned this line before, but um one of my friends wrote a fic about a uh, card and um there's a line in it that says something like, You have a mother? We all assumed you were you were born fully formed from a shipping crate. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. So perfect. Uh yeah, very so yeah, um, Luke, Han, and Lando leave Merker aboard the Falcon. Uh, there's a really neat moment when Luke gets the Force back, and he says something like, "It's like seeing again after being blind." And Han is like, "And Han's uh, like, I yeah. totally knew what you're talking about. I know, because <laughs> of that time we were at Jabba's palace, and <laughs> I was blind. Yeah. And uh, but then they have one of my favorite exchanges between the yep. two of them. This whole series, it's so big, Han's bro. Like, yeah, Mara." You and she seem to be hitting it off pretty well there. And Luke's like, yeah, don't count on it. I I told you, Han knows what's going on before anybody else does. 
Han Solo has a black belt in banter and quabbling as foreplay. Like he, <laughs> if you're going to argue with a woman and then go to bed with her, Han Solo is going to see that coming six miles away because it took him three years to figure it out and he will not make that mistake again. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, she wants to kill you. Uh, that's not a problem, dude. <laughs> no, no. And and he's like, oh, but and, and Luke says it's personal. And he's like, how personal can a death mark get? And he's like, no, it's not a death mark, Han. It's personal. And Solo's like, Oh, like this has to be something juicy, but he doesn't ask him anything else. Yeah. So um, they do not go straight back to Coruscant. First, they stop at the Slewis Van shipyards. What a crazy coincidence. Oh, my God. Because because the dungeon master was upset that the party had split in the previous session <laughs> and he found a way to remind get me all to back never, together before the boss battle. Remind me never to play a role-playing game with Timothy Zahn. <laughs> like, look, hey, Timothy Zahn, do you want to... Everybody's yeah, getting the slowest fan whether they game. like it or not. He's got to like, he's like, <laughs> all right. Zahn wants to DM a game for us. We, we should actually I, totally. I'm imagining him like he's got all the pieces on the board and he just like leans over the table and like brushes in all the chips and he's like, ha ha ha. So they are Probably. heading for Sluice Van. Uh, Thrawn and Pelion are also planning the Sluice Van attack. Uh, oh my God. Uh, Thrawn asks, what word for Merker, which I really like the phrasing of that. <laughs> it's very Thrawn. What word for Merker? Yes. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it's mustache twirly. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. So the last report came in 14 hours ago, which immediately sets off warning bells because he told them to report like every 12 hours. Um, and he immediately knows that Skywalker was there. Card was helping he him. Um, but he needs to keep on with the plan because there's a, it's all been coordinated and they can't back out of the attack. And Card and his betrayal will keep for later. <laughs> and and I do appreciate here that um, the reason they give for the party coming back together is that Han thinks he can just slip into the Slewis Man shipyards and borrow a starship yes from the republic he can just walk <laughs> right up and take one and leave with it no questions asked yeah well he also he wants to get luke's to. x-wing fixed up he wants to get lando looked at you know i mean it's yeah. a it's a multi-purpose stuff. no yeah. he literally says he's like akbar's got a bunch of stripped down warships ferrying stuff to the slewest sector already no reason why we can't borrow one of them for a couple of days is there <laughs> like, he's on he solo he says that out loud exactly his wife yeah. is is kind of a big shot yeah She's 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 got stuff, you know. She's got influence. <laughs> right. And she's gonna be sitting in her office on Coruscant with her face palming down <laughs> this time. Oh. So um the freighter's cloaking shield activates and jumps to hyperspace. Um and we get some more kind of information about how exactly the battle is gonna go. And I, I, I still really like the whole idea of Nothing goes in, nothing comes out of the cloaking shield because it it adds a lot more drama to it, and it's not like a you know game over you know card. They they actually have to work for it, um, and it explains why they don't just use cloaking shields all the time because otherwise it would get really easy to win a battle. 
Well, also they're right? pretty expensive, I guess. Yeah. And the empire is like you know short on money these days. Empire's pope. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they, they broke is broke. Yeah. So the Sluice chapter is really long. <laughs> so I don't want to break it all down. But basically, but it's action-packed. Yes. So we start with Wedge, which is good, um, because you have to have Rogue Squadron here because it's a Starfighter battle. <laughs> um, I want to know first, well, though, it's because it's a Starfighter batter- battle, and you want them to win. Yes, that's very important. Like, if you need the Empire to win, you put Rogue Squadron someplace else. Yes. Um, I want to know Not like why those chumps in Gold Squadron. Oh, yeah, but they always win the squadron. after party. <laughs> I want to know why people are jerks to Wedge. <laughs> this captain is such a jerk to him. And I'm like, dude, this guy helped blow up the Death Star. Have some respect. Twice. Why? Yeah. I like that Wedge is in. I like that Wedge's instinct is to like, first he's like, you know, oh, I wish I could mouth off at him. But then like his follow up is like, well, maybe I should like let him draw me into an argument so he can blow off some steam. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's taking one for the team. Yeah, Wedge. so Corellian of him. It is, he's a good guy, <laughs> man. The most Corellian thing he's ever done. Um, you know, I do like where he's like, well, crap, maybe I should have let them promote me because yeah. then I could mouth off. The, now, yeah. That's foreshadowing for what for Wedge's character arc, <laughs> because if you've read, you know, the X-Wing books or are reading along with Rogue Quadrant, you will see that the um, Akbar's desire for Wedge to be promoted is a long running thing. And he Wedge is like, nope, nope. Nope. And then they finally get him to do it. And he's like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another war and then another one after that. Yeah. And then finally, all of the really, really old guys are like, we're going to retire now. Yeah. And then they get sucked back in. <laughs> right. And they're retired for like a good half a book. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Wedge realizes there's a freighter drifting around without an escort. And he begins to get bad feelings because that's what happens in Star Wars. He gets a bad feeling about this. Um, and now the captain listens to him. Because I guess when you have Wedge Antilles, Starfighter Jock, claiming to have a bad feeling, you're like, oh, uh, crap. <laughs> when this but guy gets also, a bad feeling, someone probably is about to open fire. Yeah. Also, I mean, the, the captain, like, has, like, you know, the same set of skills that Wedge does. Yes. And, like, once Wedge points out the freighter to him, like, he notices that there's something wrong about it, too. And, you know, yeah. snaps snaps into professional mode rather than grouchy mode. Yeah. Um. So he, um, his bad feeling won't go away. Uh, even after they check on the freighter. So he orders Rogue Squadron to their ships just in case. And this is a really good line. Anyway, I can't have my pilot sitting around drinking tea all day. <laughs> because that's what he's been doing for the entirety <laughs> yeah. of the previous scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then all hell breaks loose. And it's a really good Starfighter battle. <laughs> so I really like the way that Wedge like sort of describes you know, uh, almost indirectly, like how he, you know, noticed that something was wrong with the freighter. He says something about it, like being a a damaged, empty freighter would move the same as, as like a a full operational freighter. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I like that detail about, you know, just the way that ships move in this universe. It's cool. His spacer's instincts, just sort of knowing. Yeah. 
giving rise to that bad feeling. That was yeah, like just eyeballing <laughs> and being like, that's not moving the way an empty freighter should be moving. I, I, yeah. I just like, and it you know like, it, it shows it shows a degree of competence that doesn't seem supernatural like Thrawn's does. Right, and it's also you know important because he's not like yeah he's a starfighter jock but he's grown up around he's lived his whole life around ships basically and um you know in his background and legends he like was um he grew up near a fueling station and it's mentioned in aftermath so i think that's still canon um but you know we know that he thank you chuck yeah, he ended up joining the Empire and was, like, flying freighters and stuff. So, you know, he, yeah, he. this is a guy who's lived his entire life around ships and knows how they work. So, um, the freighter then blows up. Um, and I, again, love how they have the cloaking shield work because the freighter blows up and a bunch of TIE fighters come out of the bay. Um, because you can see the freighter... But the cloaking shield um, basically keeps you from seeing inside of it. <laughs> it was it. This was brilliant. This was yeah. brilliant. This is a brilliant thing Thrawn did. It was a brilliant thing Zahn did. Yeah. Those names we rhyme. didn't see. We, 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 and we didn't see another piece of tactical brilliance like this out of an enemy. I think ever in Legends. Yeah, unless yeah, it was Thrawn. Re- I think he blew really... his here in the first book. <laughs> but... It's a really cool use of technology, and it's a really cool like way to subvert the expectations of that technology. And, because yeah, and you the know, like... mental picture I have is like hornets pouring out yeah. of a nest that you've incinerated, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just, it's really, really a cool visual. I would love to see that on screen someday. Just like... And I mean, like, you know, because like you have certain expectations for like how a cloaking shield is going to work like you know like i've said before both in in the line from empire and just you know i mean in the most famous cloaking device of course is in star trek and that's pretty much permeated you know mm-hmm. the the pop sorry, culture what did you say lexicon uh and uh <laughs> and, the, and and i mean you know like i said too like we see later in 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 canon in the clone wars we see cloaking devices working the way that that they do in star trek but this i mean i almost like the idea that this works as canon as well, just because, you know, it, it shows sort of a level of, of intelligence on Thrawn's part that like he would, you know, adjust the cloaking device to, you know, not envelop the entire freighter, but like, you know, just be, you know, sort of put its edges on the inside rather than the out. And I just, I really like the, the idea that they, we're using that sort of level of precision and that this isn't how you usually use a cloaking device. And I don't know, it's just really cool. Yeah. Briefly, can you just describe a little bit of how the cloaking devices work in Star Trek? Um, I'm assuming it's just like exactly how you think of it. Like you can't see the ship at all. Yeah. You can't see the ship. Um, I Sensors aren't going to read it. There's no like limitation really on communications, although if you communicate, like you're basically going to give your position away. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there's, and but you can't and travel so... at warp speed. Under yeah, you can. yeah, you can. Um, but they're so resource intensive that uh, you can't fire weapons. Uh, but you, but you can travel at warp. I think it depends on the generation of the technology. I mean, maybe I don't know, but I, yeah. <laughs> get your stuff together star trek (laughs) are you thinking like original series yeah okay yeah no and and in later stuff we see ships traveling at cloak uh traveling under cloak at warp all over the place like in tng and later yeah 
So, um, but the weapons thing remains consistent. Yeah. So, um, Luke and Han end up helping with the attack because, of course, they do. <laughs> uh, a bunch of Star Destroyers they show don't up. help with the attack. They help defend against yes. the attack. Well, that's, you know what I meant. <laughs> Let's be precise. <laughs> they help the attack because they're sick of everything. <laughs> Han is so excited to have to that Star that. Cruiser. Yes. Um, so the Star Destroyers show up. Uh, Thrawn spots the, the Millennium Falcon towing the X-Wing and he is pissed. <laughs> like, of all the Haley. things that Thrawn is able to deduce from afar, this one I will give him. Oh, yeah. the- Yes, I, I do this, like Paleon's reaction to it though, because he's like he like might have seen a, a drive like glow, but like you know how yeah. he could tell it was you know what it was or what it was what it was towing. He's just like, um, okay, sure, let's go on with the attack though. Yeah, like like seriously, like like he like he gets mad, but he doesn't really get pissed very often because he's so like just like you know controlled and everything and that's one of the things i love most about rebels is the way they're they're keeping that you know where he's very calm and composed except he did have that moment where he snapped and i i feel like this is like that moment he's like ready to just choke a bitch (laughs) he's like (laughs) wait slowest man attack I can get mad at people later. <laughs> uh, one, one assault at a time. Yes. Uh, we get some really awesome dogfighting action because, of course, you do in a space battle. Um, I know in this book, um, he doesn't. Zon does not mention any other of the rogues by name, but that does. But they're all there. Ch- that does change uh, in later books. They do mention a few of them by name so we'll get to see it was a, it felt a little odd to me that he did that like was he doing that on purpose to like i mean he can't have because they didn't know that they were gonna do no, later books. i think he just didn't know i think he just didn't have anyone like um nailed down yet like of who was going to be in the squadron and i guess yeah. like you know like later on he's like oh yeah um jansen that's he's from uh he's from that empire we'll use him he's from that thing yeah he was probably they did that time it was probably just like you know nicklon fash mercer i'm sick of making up names they can be rogue one rogue two rogue three yeah well you you do have to be too careful um about how many new characters you introduce into a familiar universe like this and when you introduce characters that are so strong like card and mara you almost don't want to throw a bunch of additional names in there. Yeah. Also, Especially I mean, not at yeah. the end of the book. I was going to say throwing them in like in the very last scene at the end of the book. Uh, yeah, no, it, it does make sense to to keep it simple. It just it struck me as a little odd, yeah. but but that does make sense. By the way, but, but we know who these boys are. Yeah. And well, we- by the <laughs> way, love- the um. Ah! <laughs> See, <laughs> thanks, Hollow Notes. <laughs> Actually, thanks, uh, freaking um, Wikipedia for, you know, playing an ad. <laughs> I was like, what's happening over there? I went to, I well, actually, I just decided to play Hollow Notes for no reason. Um, no, I went to Wes Jansen's Wikipedia page to see when, if he's mentioned in, I think he's just mentioned in Last Command. Um, but 
so it pops up to his canon page first and the only appearance is empire strikes back and that just makes me really sad oh my <laughs> god like that's his only appearance come on we have our <sighs> fingers crossed for empire's end there's gonna be a big space battle oh my god at i have so Chuck many might have thrown us some bones on that one if he mentions Tycho, I'm going to give him that's, the biggest hug ever. That's all I want. See, I what want, is I want Wedge and Wes and Hobby and Tycho together again. Yes. And then he's going to kill him? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. And then you see just, just, just he like would do the this. The, the camera like goes to a wide shot and you see this, this X being on fire and it just goes down and down onto the into the planet. And you just, it's its like a long shot and you just see it go down and down and down and then a little puff of smoke. I don't like this anymore. The <laughs> right? that, I don't think my ball and go home. The X-Wing that, uh, that Ray drives past was... Uh, yes! Was, no! Yeah. <laughs> no! No, no, no. Uh, the best part is that you didn't, you didn't know. <laughs> listen! If, 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 she, if she had gone up to, if she had gone up to see, you would have seen like this, this skeleton inside. Yeah. And uh, it would have said, this is Tycho, like written on cardboard. (laughs) I'm canceling the podcast. (laughs) You guys suck. Go to hell. We love you you. too. Go to hell, all of you. No, what's going to turn out is it like the helmet that Ray has. No, it's not. We know know who that helmet belongs to. Landed on the surface of Jakku after a really excellent battle and threw his helmet off in celebration and locked it. <laughs> Listen, we know who that be- that helmet belongs to and it's not any of the people we know. So. <laughs> okay, back to the book. Wait, what? <laughs> we know who oh. that helmet belongs to. Is this a Luke theory? No, it's like in from the visual guide that there's there's it belongs to a, a pilot named Dosmit Ray. Oh, yes. Which, which I thought you were going to spin an elaborate no, theory about Ray's parentage. No, <laughs> and that's why people think maybe that's why her name is Ray is because it's the that's the last name of the pilot. But I don't uh, think that's I'm, true. I'm okay with that. I don't think that's true. But I still like some the, of the theories idea, I've been hearing. I still like the idea of her pulling it off of Tycho's emaciated skull but i uh, hate you all so <laughs> much. don't mess with the alderani okay like pick somebody else to pick on we've lost too many of them already i, I don't know who oh and then, the, and then the remnants <laughs> of death star that the alderanians are making the colony on just just, just decides to blow up randomly oh i hate you all <laughs> all right so he's just i have finally gotten to the end of his article and he's in last command only okay so i don't know <laughs> that was a tangent i know i'm glad I we took this time to, I can't to figure remember. that out i know because we won't get there eventually <laughs> all right so Today we'll come we'll drink a toast to west jansen because nobody has better jet juice under their x-wing seat seriously okay so now we finally figure out what the purpose of these mole miners were and, and it's so cool it is it's so very cool I love this. So, it's like the whole book is a heist. Yes. It's a heist. So, it's a space heist. So basically, the the Empire is using Lando's stolen mole miners to take over Mon Calamari star cruisers. He stole ships to steal bigger ships. Yes. Basic, it's and, a space heist. And they're using space troopers 
so they could like go into the ships and take them over and it's really freaking cool and i just love the idea of like the freighter blowing up and the tie fighter coming out and then the mole miners like just burrowing into the ships and them all thinking what the hell is going on (laughs) it's so good i will never come up with anything this cool (laughs) ever (laughs) yeah so um basically it looks like everything is going to hell and the empire is going to steal all these ships so uh han and luke try to destroy as many of the mole miners as they can um and then which is like not a thing with lando yeah well and then lando (laughs) that's my stuff lando's then, then like they're like wait lando and then he's like yeah i'm here (laughs) they're like do you know any of the codes and he's like yes i will blow up the mole miner or he take back control the mole miner so basically they use the codes take back control the mole miners and basically destroy all of the ships that they've taken over so far so that the empire cannot get a hold of them yeah, they, in fact, like, are taking their ball and going home. Yes. Han, Han just has him turn the mole miners on full, basically. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're drilling jets. And it's so cool. Yeah. Because they basically... <laughs> I love this scene so much. They have, to, they have to pick the lesser of two evils. Do we want Thrawn to take all these ships, or do we want them destroyed? And, and it, I mean, the ships are already leaving. Like, yeah. Half of them are like already on their way out the door. And so Han, yeah, yeah Han's like, just start them running. So <laughs> now normal people like us would understand this decision, uh, but other people do not, which we will get to in the next chapter. So Thrawn orders a withdrawal, um, but he says they haven't been defeated, merely slowed down because... <laughs> Can no we one, talk about this though? No one can like, ever break Thrawn's spirit. <laughs> he spent the entire book going on and on about how important Sluis Van is. Sluis yeah. Van is the key to our offensive against the rebellion. Sluis Van is where everything's gonna change. And then he gets his ass whooped at Sluis Van. And he's like, "Well, it, it didn't really matter that much anyway. <laughs> well, it, it was just, it was just, it would have been nice to have these ships, but it'll be fine." So, do yeah, they get no any deal. ships? No. I think they no. I think they almost get away with one. Man. That sucks. I just I just just love Thrawn's like I don't even know what you call it, like justification or like covering for his like colossal failure. It's like it's it's no big deal. Like after spending the entire book building up to this, he's like, no, it's fine. No big deal. Well, because this is the first book, so we have to have our heroes have a victory. Um you know. Before everything goes to hell, basically. <laughs> and I like also that it, you know, it, it lets us once again have the retro, the have uh, Paleon reflecting of what Endor would have been like if Thrawn had been in charge, which has been the debate of many Legends fans. Let me tell I'm you. Sure. <laughs> let me tell you. There are a lot of people who do not like Zod or Thrawn and pointed this as you know Mary Sueism and all this him not understanding Vader and blah 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 and I'm like or it's him writing an arrogant imperial <laughs> that that yeah, that's the one I'm gonna vote Vader. for does yeah. that have to do with anything oh nobody yeah. understands Vader nobody does 
<laughs> he doesn't like sand. But there is that wonderful moment in The Princess, the Scoundrel, and the Farm Boy where Leia really wants to stomp on his cape as he leaves to see if he trips. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, so we go to chapter 32, which is really, really short in comparison to the Basically last chapter. Yeah, it's like uh, mopping up action. Um, Han and Luke predict that Philia is going to lose use this as political gain. And, and immediately, immediately the theme music shifts into a minor key and the phone rings. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Leia's ringtone, you know, comes up. What would Leia's ringtone be? Uh, brown eyed girl. Mm, I think Beyonce run the world. <laughs> oh, that could be good. That would probably yeah. not be on Han's phone, though. Well, well she yeah, put it I'm on tra- his phone. Now I'm trying to figure out like what kind of music Han listens to. And of course the answer jizz. is jizz. <laughs> oh, God, we had a because... wonderful conversation about that on Twitter. Because what? Tyler, did we tell you about this? Oh, have you heard about jizz? Yes, and I've been listening to a to a to a podcast <laughs> RPG and all they do is like make jokes about jizz. Music. Well, it's like the only kind I of am... music they talk about. I am shocked that we made it this far into the podcast without <laughs> making a jizz joke. Pablo Pablo talked about this. Were they thinking? Pablo talked about this on Twitter one day, and, and then was there so was fun. someone who was like worked at West End Games who had to like write a letter explaining that jizz was a slang term for semen and they still went ahead and used it because kevin j anderson had already written the book had already done it she oh, said she was, the only time kevin i've James ever had to say oh, yes. penthouse forum to my boss of course it was kevin j anderson's fault <laughs> yes someone really needs to ask uh pablo if uh if that's still canon no it's not I'm a hundred percent sure that it is not. <laughs> if he has any <laughs> power over point? anything what's in Star Wars, <laughs> he it... calls it that unusable Star Wars word now. Yeah, <laughs> I know he didn't even. <laughs> That's he didn't even mention it by name. <laughs> he wouldn't even tweet it. Like if he has any well, power. To be fair, if he tweeted that, he would probably get a lot of spam puns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if he has any power in Star Wars, it's to get rid of jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I don't think we want to get rid of that, considering it made all our fa- all our favorite characters. <laughs> you you just went no. there. You went total penthouse forum on us. Thank you. <laughs> all right. What? I'm just. We're gonna I'm, have I'm to put an, We're gonna have to put an M rating on this. It's not our fault. It's Kevin J. Anderson's fault. <laughs> it's a bad Star Wars word. Yeah. It's really. It's it's uh, so bad. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Oh, uh, we're all 12. <laughs> How okay. did we get um, on this tangent? Oh, discussing what music Han Han's ringtone. <laughs> yeah, so Leia calls from Coruscant and shocker of shocks. Akbar has been arrested on charges of treason, in which I like to think that the officer showed up to arrest him and he immediately said, Come on, people. It's a trap. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I can't repel politics of this magnitude. <laughs> uh, oh god. Okay. So um yeah, she's like, you guys gotta get back here, you have to help, which I don't know what the hell Han Solo's gonna do for I was help. about to say, what is Han gonna do? <laughs> I guess he's he gonna just... think of the dishonorable thing that Leia can't think of. I guess he'll be moral support. Yeah. Just if if there's an angle that Leia can't think of, it's like the dirty mud slinging 
street fighting angle. And Han's really good at that. Yeah. And like Luke is Luke really wouldn't be much help either. He'd just be like, come on, guys. Guys, come on. Don't <laughs> be don't fight. friends. We're all on the same side. Or I guess Leia could point to him and be like, look, the Jedi thinks that this is stupid. And Luke could be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever well, my what, what she said. What, what she said. Because um, I gave her a lightsaber and she cut someone in half. So I'm yeah. going to not fight her. <laughs> so, um,. So uh, we end the chapter with uh, Han with Luke saying we could be we could be on the edge of a civil war here. Luke murmured his thought back at him. Yeah, well, we're not going to let that happen. Han told him with confidence. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're Han. Your Han is appalling. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. We haven't we haven't gone through a war and back just to watch some overambitious Bothan wreck it. How are we going to stop him? Han grimaced. We'll think of something. <laughs> Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. <laughs> racist, Han. Racist. I also like the annotation that's at the end of the book after To Be Continued. It says, I always liked the way the Back to the Future movies did this with a To Be Continued after the first movie and l- the later version of it anyway, and To Be Concluded at the end of the second, thus assuring the viewer that the saga would indeed be ending with part three. Little do we know at the time that the Star Wars expanded universe wasn't going to be complete, wasn't about to be concluded. In fact, it was just getting started. I appreciate the fact that Timothy Zahn knows that the theatrical cut of Back to the Future did not have a <laughs> to be continued stinger at the end. I think lots of people know realize that. I, it seems like a bit of it's geek like, esoterica that not everybody would know. Well, it's <laughs> like it's like knowing that Star Wars wasn't originally Episode Four. I hope. suppose, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I still enjoy that he knows that. <laughs> yes. So, um, and there we have the end of Heir to the Empire. Yay! Woo! So, um, we are tying in our overall wrap-up of the book with our discussion of the last two chapters. So, um, I would like to point out that <laughs> Sabioth has basically disappeared <laughs> like halfway oh, yeah. through the book what happened to him? yeah we're supposed to forget about him for a while every time I read this book I'm like oh thank god he's gone <laughs> <laughs> because he sucks uh, unfortunately it is not permanent yeah Nancy he, he is coming back there, there are two more books I know I know but yeah I I, I do appreciate that we get thrust into all of Sabios' awfulness and then he just disappears and it's like, yay, let's get the Luke and Mara stuff and not stupid Sabioth. Yeah, but next book we get him as a POV character. Uh, I know. Yeah. Great. We get to learn about his <laughs> how he got so ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, um, this book is still really good. <laughs> it still holds <laughs> up really well. It's all right. Um, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, it's a very good introductory book. And I'm really eager to read the next few books because I, I, I'm I, pretty sure that all of the whole like original trilogy references and all of that in stuff kind of gets a little better as we move on to the series. <laughs> 
It's a little like The Force Awakens, actually. Yes, like exactly. the, the structure is very similar. The 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 references are heavy on the ground. And then yeah, in the next one he feels a little more free to I mean it still follows the basic, you know, sort of structure of a trilogy. Yeah. In that, you know, the next one is sort of the dark hopeless one, and then you know, things come together at the end. But uh but yeah, that's not obviously exclusive to Star Wars. That's just, you know, how trilogies work. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, I, it's been a while, but I, I do seem to recall you know, things going a little further afield, like in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he opens up the world a lot more, too, with a lot more, uh, yes. introduces a lot more characters and whatnot. Yes, um, we get our, um, one of my favorite characters, Garmbel Iblis, which I'm still <laughs> hoping he shows up on Rebels, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I like him. He's great. Um, but yeah, um, I... I remember a lot more of the smugglers in the later books. Um, and considering Card is one of my favorite characters, I'm looking forward to reading more about him and the crap he's gotten himself into. <laughs> Poor Card. Um, yeah, Tyler, as the noob, Hello. what were your thoughts of the book as a whole? I really enjoyed it. Yay! Um... You can stay on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, we won't <laughs> kick you off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, I finally, you know, I finally see why this this trilogy is so well-regarded. Mm-hmm. And I can see why Thrawn is such a major, you know, touching po- touchstone for the fandom. Because he's amazing and awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I, I like this, I'm, I'm like... I like that I, uh, you know, I'm seeing where Mara was, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> like we learn. talked about, like we talked about, we uh, my first Star Wars book was the um, first 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 book in Legacy of the Force, and I was very confused. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's really funny when you know where Mara ends up to pick up this book and go. Whoa! How did that happen? <laughs> wow, she's yeah. she's mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. Bes- are there any other characters that jumped out at you as uh, like favorites? I like Card. Yeah, I really like Card. Um, I like how I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, uh, I just I really liked it all, you know. Card is one of those characters that um, really only got used by Zahn. Uh, he, yeah. he showed up in some of the Michael Sackpole books, um, but really, like, other authors kind of just forgot he existed, which always seemed really odd to me because he's so useful. <laughs> yeah, he can do so much. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you know, they yeah, they used Mara and they used a lot of the, um, just like the world building stuff that he, like, created, but I'm like... Every time I read the series, I'm like, why don't they use Card more? He's he's you need someone who knows shit. <laughs> Get talent card. <laughs> right. Sure. But then they introduce Booster Tarek and you're like, oh, and I kept thinking that they're, was going to be their tendril that would bring Card back. They're buds. Right. You yeah. you would think that they are. You would think that at some point. Well, Booster that would have the been next... the tendril that reached out and brought Card back, and then they never did. And I'm like, what are you? Well, doing? they well they use basically Card is in all of Zahn's books, but are anyone like other authors didn't really 
He shows up in up. the New Jedi Order, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he. I have vague memories of that. Yes, he. Um, he has a role in the series in which they evacuate Yavin. Uh, he kind of helps with that, and then he is more important. He helps later on when they're basically trying to. Uh, um, after Coruscant falls, and then I know he has a bigger part at the in the last book, but um, yeah, yeah like I, said, I really don't remember anything yeah. about that series. I just I we are not doing card, a new Jedi Order card review. being there <laughs> <laughs> um, yet. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> I have no desire to read nineteen of those books again. I will skip around. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, um. Yeah, Card is, I think Card is like the character, I, I don't know, I go back and forth, I'm like, Tycho needs to be in canon, and then I'm like, no, Card! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just picture it, everyone, Talon Card, played by Idris Elba, and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Oh, Works Amanda, any thoughts from you about Leia slicing guys up with lightsabers. It's delicious. Um, <laughs> it's it's definitely a side of Leia that that was always bubbling right under the surface mm-hmm. from the moment she burst out of her cell, stole Luke's blaster rifle, and got them out of the Death Star. She's always been the self rescuing princess, and I like that now she's the self rescuing pregnant princess. She's like I can rescue <laughs> me and two other people without even having to try harder. Um, yeah. But my, my big thing about this reread is actually Leia's as awesome as Leia's always been. But I had gotten to a point where I just couldn't take Mara anymore. Get out. Because of the way she was written <laughs> in the layer books. I just didn't like her anymore. And that was sad because I remembered being 12, 13-year-old girl reading this book the first time. And, and literally being like redheaded, slightly sociopathic, homicidal bitch. Oh, my God. It's me <laughs> in a book. Um, <laughs> I was so representation matters. As um, we so all I, step back from Amanda. <laughs> I was really excited to see this quasi villain mm-hmm. character working alongside Luke Skywalker who happened to look kind of like me. That mm-hmm. wasn't normal. Um, but then down the line, I got to where I just couldn't stand her anymore. So I really like that coming back to this and making sure to look at it with fresh eyes that I have fallen back in love with Mara. I'm like, oh, there she is. That's why I loved her. Mara written by anyone but Zahn is a problem. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I don't really remember where she ends up, like by the time New Jedi Order rolls around, which is as far as I ever got. But um, and I missed a bunch of stuff in the middle, too. But um, Did like, not I can treat imagine her well at all. I can imagine that like that sort of combination of like hard edge but like not like too villainous like it can be really easy to do that wrong it can be really easy to just make her like a really unlikable bitch well and she's super powered and she worked for the emperor and she has the force and she's super super force powered and she got a lot of screen time because people liked writing her which i mean yeah okay but it just she got grading And I like being able to go back and saying, oh, yeah, if I don't know those annoying later things about her, she's cool as hell. There's there's a list of authors that I am – that I would go read Mara in a heartbeat. Zahn, obviously. uh, I liked the way Stackpole wrote her. I liked the way Alston wrote her. Um, 
I liked her in the um it was Edge of Vic the Edge of Victory series, which was Greg Keys, and that's while she was pregnant. I liked the way Kathy Tires wrote her, which is when she found out she was pregnant. Um and kind of everyone else was very hit or miss. Uh so like once New Jedi Order happened, I was kind of like if she was written by someone else, I'm kind of like, eh, that's not really Mara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and even when Zon, like, even in the later books when Zon wrote her, I know a lot of people had issues with, um, you know, her in later books that he wrote thing that she was, like, too uh, whitewashed, like, kind of glossed over the things that she did with the Empire. And I, I, I've always disagreed with that. Like, I think, you know he's always really portrayed her as not evil per se, just on the wrong side. And um, if you uh, want to read more of young Mara, you can go read uh, Allegiance and Choices of go One. Go read Allegiance. They're yes, really good. Those two books were great. Choices of those One. Those two books were fantastic. Yeah. I, I liked Allegiance. Uh, Choices of One was one of my favorites. And also um, Survivor's Quest, which is way ahead in the time frame, but um, that doesn't get a lot of attention, and just for Luke and Mara fans, it's so good. <laughs> it's basically them being awesome for an entire book together. And <laughs> I know a lot of Luke and Mara fans didn't like it because they were like mad that they're not all super lovey-dovey and it wasn't super romantic, and like they don't even kiss in the book. And I'm like, a Timothy Zahn is writing it. <laughs> B Luke and Mara aren't super lovey-dovey romantic people. <laughs> so and they probably did kiss in the book. It was just not on the pages that were there to be read. You just yeah. had to know where it was. Yeah, I mean, the, the book ends... <laughs> Mulder and Scully were making out for the entire series of the x oh, okay. let's, let's all calm down. <laughs> okay, well, spoilers, that book ends with them falling asleep in each other's arms. So if that's not romantic, I don't know what is. But anyway, yeah, no, I loved Choices of One, but I liked Allegiance better because it was Leia with having to wait tables. Yes. And really, that was that was worth the whole book for me. That and at the end when Leia forgets that Luke's locked in the closet. Han <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. knows and doesn't care. Yes. We've made a tangent, but that's okay. We're encouraging people to read <laughs> Legends books. So, yeah, um... I am excited to also read more about Leia and the Nogri because we got that little plot thread kind of breadcrumbed out at us. So, oh, and that's in the next section. And yeah, that's going to be fun to talk about. Yes. Uh, Matthew, what about you? Any last um, thoughts? Pretty much just what I've been saying all along. You know, like I said, I've read this book a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, this time reading it, maybe with a more of an eye to discuss it. You know, I, I just, I really noticed how well structured it is, how, you know, efficient it is. I keep saying that word, but it's, it's still true. Um, like it packs a lot of story and plot into a relatively short page count. Um, like it's not a long novel, but like, it, it feels like a lot happens in it. Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't feel like jam packed. It doesn't feel cluttered. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a structure structure wonk anyway, and so I, I really appreciate a well crafted story, um, and uh, and Zon definitely delivers on that here. And I mean, he gets all the characters right more or less too. 
um, you know, the ones that we already know, and he creates interesting new ones. It's just, it's a really good book. I, I, you know, I make jokes about it being, you know, very convenient and Thrawn, you know, being a little too, you know, omnipresent um, or omniscious, omniscious, bleh, whatever. He knows too much. Omniscient. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's too smart. Um and I mean, yeah, I mean, those are complaints that, that you can make, but I mean, they don't really take away from from the book for me. I, re- I really like this book a lot, um, yeah. and I think it's it's pretty much a success. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I, I I think it's a really good start to the expanded universe. I, you know, I I definitely see the complaints that people have about it, but... I mean, just looking back on it, rereading it, it's like, oh yeah, this is what I remember. This is what I loved about Legends. I like, <laughs> I remember it all now. It's all coming back. And to I mean, me. and it feels like Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, there's does. like there's there's a pull quote on the next book that says something like, "You can practically hear John mm-hmm. Williams' music," which is a little bit like dramatic, I think. Yeah. For but I mean, it's a pull quote, so that's what it's supposed to be. Um, but I mean, it, it's it, it's it's true in its way. I mean, it's it's very Star Warsy, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean all the references. Um, it just it has that, you know, that joy to it, that that exuberance, that excitement. Um, yeah. It it feels like it belongs in the Star Wars universe, and and even now, like you know, with with the new canon, like like I've said, you know, it feels like you know, with some modifications, it feels like it could still fit within the new canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I, 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 you said this about him getting all the characters right. One of the things I thought that um was interesting was uh oh wait Tyler you have to go we'll say goodbye to you now. Tyler. Yeah, sorry. Um, thank you for you know uh getting me on here. Um, I'll be back next. Well, I mean we'll all be back. <laughs> yes. next um, <laughs> no, you're gone. You can only read the first. Yeah, book. I just. Yeah, it's uh I was here with the first book. Peace out. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, so uh thank you guys. See all right, we'll you talk all to you next, next week. week. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. All right. So yeah, I just wanted to you mentioned about how he gets character right. Um I know a lot, there's there's a bunch of people who have complained about the way he writes Luke. They don't that don't like the way he writes Luke. I've always thought they were crazy. <laughs> like what are their complaints? Just like that he doesn't write him powerful enough that he and he likes to hamstring him. But like I really like the way Zahn writes force powers and that he doesn't make them superhuman and able to do everything. That's one of my biggest problems I have with, like, the prequels and Rebels is that I just feel like the Jedi are too... Like, they're, like, superheroes, you know? Yeah, agreed. And I I really... I much prefer, like, the calculating, you know, um, you know, Luke having to figure out... Like, that's why I love the fight in Hilliard City is because he doesn't have the force to rely on. Um, and I just love that. And I also... I also find it really interesting because, like... Luke is by far the star of this trilogy. Um, you know, you can also argue that Mara is two of the new characters, but Luke of the old characters is definitely the 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 hero, and as he should be, you know, because he's Luke Skywalker. Because he's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> although I would argue that Mara has a more compelling arc, she does of the new, yeah, definitely of the new characters. But um, they uh, 
one of the things I, you know, a lot of the authors who wrote Legends and New Canon will always talk about is how much they love writing Han Solo. And, you know, people have asked, you know, they'll ask, what's your favorite character to write? And, you know, invariably, a lot of them say Han Solo. And Zahn has said this before, like, he loves writing Han because his dialogue is really easy. And it's true. Like, I never got that until I wrote fanfic with Han. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can totally. Yeah, he's the best. I was going to say, bad. like, I mean, I've never written fanfic with Han, but like I can Im- Han would be a very easy character yeah. to write. And, and Luke, in contrast, would be a very tricky character to write. And that's what they all you, say, that he's yeah. really to strike, hard to write. You have to strike that balance between wise Jedi and exuberant farm boy. Right. And, and like, it's hard. A lot of the times they go way too far into the into the 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 wise Jedi thing and they just make him really cold and, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of like you know, just sort of above everything. It's like, I'm so wise. I'm Luke Skywalker. I never raise my voice and everything is fine because everything (laughs) is the force. But I wanted to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Yeah, and I mean, people forget that like even Yoda was like, a little bit crazy and like yeah. joking around like the the <laughs> wisest so of the like, wise so was obi-wan obi-wan was yeah. a smart ass you know yeah. <laughs> so like True. yeah so i i if you i you just like showed me this this book and the trilogy as a whole and said like who do you think zon likes writing the best i'd be like luke totally <laughs> um but i i always i just i just find it interesting that like you know so many of the authors are like you know have want to write Han or other characters and like Luke is so hard to write and I'm just like just do what he did here it's so easy (laughs) why is it hard says you says you meanwhile I'm like please read my story and tell me how bad my Luke is like (laughs) he looks easy I did I sent Nancy a link like you guys think I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) I did I haven't read it yet though because I'm writing (laughs) I'm writing my stupid nano book it's November. Nobody reads anything in November. No. And yet Catalyst is going to come out. I know. And, and this, I was going to say, am I the only like writerly person not doing nano? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm forcing myself. But yeah, so um, yeah, I'm this book is over and I'm very sad, but um, I'm excited to There's read. There's two more. <laughs> I'm excited to read Dark Horse Rising. Um, I always I remember. Really love the way the next one starts. I, I love the way the next one starts. I always remember like that I liked Last Command the most and Dark Force Rising least, um, which which fits into how I thought of the original trilogy as a as a kid when I was reading them. Like as I was watching them, like Jedi was always my favorite, and then Star Wars, and then Empire, and it's kind of evolved as I've gotten older. So I'm interested to see if like my feelings of the trilogy change of this trilogy changes too because yeah i mean last command has some of the best like oh, you know it's so set good. pieces and, <laughs> and moments of the trilogy but like dark force rising is is really good like there's yeah. a really compelling mystery throughout it there's mm-hmm. there's there's a lot going on i i like this book there's i'm some... interested because i remember them as a big conglomerate mm-hmm. like i it's been 10 12 years since i've read any of them so I don't remember what happens next and what happens after that and what happens after that. I sort of remember it as a blob of events. Yeah, same. I I know, like, I know, like, Heir to the Empire, I know very well. But um, this one is, the next two are kind of, like, there's there's certain parts of it that I I know, like, I, because I've I've read them over and over, but. (laughs) Oh, I've probably read them more recently than than any of you guys then. Yeah. I read them a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. But, um. 
yeah, I'm excited to to read more and uh, and see see how it holds up. I, I I'm pretty sure it will it will hold up. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> goes to shit after yeah. this one. <laughs> oh, these books are terrible. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all guys so much for joining us again and for listening to Heir to the Empire and uh, we will be back next week which with uh, the beginning of Dark Force Rising uh, chapters 1 through 4 so the Throncast is a Tashi Station podcast this episode has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and by you our Patreon subscribers you can find us all on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station Nancy Pants that's Nancy with an I Lane Winry that's L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E mr bowers man of the ginger and cyberpunk warlock that's warlock with a k you can find our columns and news at tashi-station.net and again we will be starting dark force rising next week assuming the world has not come to an end bye